everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins. And you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Hey, everybody. Come on in on this Friday evening. Uh, we have a lot of show. Anti-trans legislation updates. Richie Torres for LGBTQ businesses. Arizona mask freedom bill. Sulu is supporting a gay spaceman. A fourth grade activist. Madison Cawthorn's new challenger. The Promise to America's Children Lie, App Murders, Menstruation, mm -hmm, you heard that right, and more. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, so what's going on, Emerson? Anything? Well, y'all, we worked real hard today, so we're going to do this fake part for y'all. How are you, Del Shore? I'm fine. Yeah, we've been, we've, we've seen each other ad nauseum already today, but uh, you know what? It, it I, I was thinking about that. I thought it's such a different energy when we come on the show. There's no pressure. We're not working. It, this doesn't feel like work. It does. To tell on myself for a minute, you know this better. Blake knows this better. My work mode is very different than my play mode energy. You're very similar. As an extrovert, you know, you're very consistent. You give a lot, but you know, I am dry and direct and my focused face looks a little bitchy. Um, so I always feel like too, that this is like me apologizing for was I an asshole earlier? I'll be nice on this show. I think what yeah. I'm saying is that in, in, in a workplace situation, I'm that pleasant, annoying one most of the time. Most of the time. And, yeah. then, and then when I snap, it's like, oh my God, what's going on? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And mine is da -da 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 through the list. I don't find you unpleasant. I just find you you. I mean, <laughs> but you know what I mean? My suit, you know, it's funny. It's like when I put on my Southern voice to do the show to for everyone's amusement. As a, at my real core, <laughs> I'm a little unnecessarily serious might uh, be uh i'm a rather serious person and i have to remind myself to have fun to enjoy things to enjoy life to enjoy moments that angsty adolescent i just never grew out of it you're that kid that was pouting and the parent had to say i'm gonna tickle you i'm not gonna pouting. you it's not pouting i'm not a powder you're not a powder but I was definitely like the kid reading a book in the corner. Like my parents used to come in at night and tell me to turn off the nightlight to stop reading. Oh, We'd yeah. go on vacation and I'd be in the back seat and they'd be like, put your book away and look out the window. They, life's going to pass you by. They didn't say that part. I added it for entertainment. Maybe you went into a different world. You were all, you, you enjoyed going immersing yourself in other worlds. I did. I always have. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but y'all know when we when I do serious stories and I sort of settle here, this is the 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 me that my friends get more often. But I like to amp it up for everyone's amusement. That's why we do a show. And you don't drink or do drugs or anything. It's just like you just depend on your own, you know, biology. You know, Maybe that's the problem. I just need some shrooms or some, you know, my nortriptyline helps with the balance. But <laughs> how is everybody else on this Friday? Uh, I'm actually pretty good right now. I'm doing okay in the general. I feel good. I had, a, I had my yearly physical today, uh, you know, so they were, they were touching me in places that was a little awkward. But They check uh, your prostate? Uh, if they t they do all that, you know, coughing and all that once a year. But uh, my doctor, uh, Dr. Mendoza, he like got in crazy shape and he walks in and I said, what happened to you? 
And he, it was so funny. He said, well, I've always, you know, I've always had the, 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 I've always worked out my body, but he says, what's happened in pandemic is there just no restaurants to go eat at. So <laughs> I, my husband has been uh, <laughs> cooking very good meals that are healthy. And I was going, oh, okay. Cause most of us gained a few pounds. I do keep thinking when we finally emerge from this pandemic cocoon, you're sure going to be able to tell how people spent the time. Note just that I, mine was on the sofa. Yeah, well, uh, it, it is. And, and, and I think that um, I, I told you this earlier today, but I went out for, you know, I haven't been out in uh, a long time because uh, patios are open in L.A. And so uh, my friend Beverly and I uh, went to uh, have uh she she's going to have some like one of those oxygen treatments, you know, like the house uh -huh. do. And uh -huh. then she said, are you hungry? Maybe we should try it. Maybe we should go up. Emerson, we were like feral cats. We were just like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that, is that person too close to us? Yeah. Like, get away. Get away. That waiter, that waiter touched my glass. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> yep. I mean, it is. It's like we all have to be re-socialized. I have a tendency towards the the loner anyway. Like, been that, why, who's, why are you talking to me? No. Those poor people that work at mall kiosks, what's it going to be like for them? People, yeah, back away, back away. Um, well, it seems like everybody else is doing all right, too. John's got his COVID shot on good. Monday. Very exciting. Somebody asked, Kelly asked, I, I don't know. I don't drink at all. I, I have my second coffee and Dr. Pepper. Oh, so you're, you're, you're double fisting caffeine right now? Well, it's like there was only a little left in the coffee and y'all, I nurse it. I nurse it. I got, I got, I got the coffee because I knew I would finish this. I needed, I needed a little pick me up for the show. Um, what? That's fine. There, it's such a balance with you. You know, there's pick me up and then there's Red Bull and whoo. Well, like, I used to win. I was I posted on Instagram today because I'm having to put put together all this artwork for one of my stand up uh, shows is being picked up for distribution. And I, I was finding all this old artwork and uh, I was going, oh, my God, I just I saw myself touching people in the audience and the and all these pictures. And I missed it. I truly, truly missed it so much. And um, I don't know what my point was, except that I just can't wait. I just cannot wait where we can just get back and see all of you guys. And y'all better come see us in person because we, we're lonely, y'all. We so and speaking of those vaccines and things, did everybody see, surely you did, um, the, the, the last American uniter, Dolly Parton get her vaccine shot? Vaccine. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. First of all, her rewriting Jolene to be vaccine, like just some sad like parody that I'd write at like one in the morning and go that and just singing away. But then they didn't cut. The doctor was a little nervous. She wore that shirt fully with the cutout for the shot. She thought that shit through. And then it was like, she's like, oh, it's going to be okay. No, it's fine. Just keep going. And they just put out the whole video. No edit. Oh, I just love her. I mean, she's been, and, and just, you know, and, and she, she was part of us doing the research for the vaccine that she ultimately got. Waited her turn, you know, well, actually more than her turn. Cause she's about to say, she's just sitting in that dressing room. I also loved that her psychology was don't be a coward. 
and not get a shot, right? Because we know, I, I would say it's safe to say that a certain segment of her fan base is in a category resisting mask mandates and shots and things, but she made it about being cowardly with such okay. a smart. Yeah, don't be a coward. Well, uh -huh. interesting. or don't be, don't be silly. Don't be no. silly and think, you know, it's like I had, I had someone I was talking to on the phone who's going, what if I, you know, it's like one of my relatives says, what if I grow a dick on my forehead? I don't know you. We don't know what this are. And I was like, uh, if you grew a dick on your forehead, you would be so popular. I'd be giving you kisses all the time. Oops. I missed your mouth. So it was, he was laughing about, and then I said, I don't think, buddy, I don't think you're going to grow a dick on your forehead. Well, what about balls on my throat? I, go, oh, I don't think that's oh, going to happen either. That'd be a little tougher. That just looked like you had you know, some kind of infect, like the mumps. Yeah. Like testicles hanging from like a waddle, but it's and long. He's young. he's young. And I said, well, the good thing is that you have to wait. So you're going to get to see a lot of dicks growing on people's foreheads and you can get to make that decision. I know. Depending on whether it's a grower or a shower, you'd have to keep it hard or it'd be flopping in your eyes. You wouldn't be able to see. It's like you'd have to get one of those barrettes for a big old. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> or what about one of those? Remember those that that people girls used to put in their ponytails to kind yes, of a scrunchie. Scrunch. Now a scrunchie sort of cock forehead cock ring. I can see that, but I'm oh, a scrunchie. Somebody tell me what it was. A banana clip. A clip. A banana clip. So you could put a banana clip on your dick and put it in your hair if you grow one on your forehead. That's an awful lot of cock and ball. Problem solved. <laughs> That's a lot of cock and ball torture for my going down a weird road. We sure have. What we do here really is the LGBTQ news and nonsense and really anything we want. I do want to kick it off with some really important legislation updates. We're trying to keep track of all of the anti-trans legislation happening across the country. The Alabama the Senate just voted to ban gender affirming care for minors, hormones and puberty blockers, surgeries for people under the age of 19, which aren't happening mandatory reporting from school counselors to students' parents. Up in Montana, voted they voted to require surgery and a court order to change birth certificates, which is reversing Montana's own Department of Public and Health and Human Services policy from 2017, allowing it. Also in Montana, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. The air quotes are to let you know it's just about bigotry, out Senator Bryce Bennett frustrated said in Montana, every session I have to stand up and plead with you all to not allow for open and deliberate discrimination against a community that faces it daily. Mississippi, the Fairness Act is establishing gender based on internal and external anatomy for sports, and that is headed to the governor who will likely sign it. This law is likely happening. Mississippi, the Mississippi community will have to fight it in the courts. South Dakota, the same thing. The religious refusal re legislation is off to Christy, what's her name's desk, that bans state, cities, and counties from substantially burdening a person's exercise of religion. Y'all read the code there, right? You can be a bigot if it's because of your religion. So it, it, these are happening and happening everywhere and happening really quickly. Uh, so I don't want to take up the whole show on it, but I want to continue to keep you aware if you're in any of these places, know anyone there, the, find the state organizations you can donate to, contribute to, contact your state representatives, your city representatives, 
Um, we really want to be engaged on stopping these and then supporting the organizations that will file the lawsuits in the places where they become actual laws. And as the states are dropping the, the mask mandate, you will see many of them are the ones who are also passing bigotry laws. Yeah. Is, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, just an observation. All right. New Hampshire. Uh, that we're going up to New Hampshire. A committee in the New Hampshire House of Representatives uh, was debated uh, was debated in a law uh, and it, to eliminate the gay or trans panic defense. And during the debate, Republican State Representative Dick uh, Martson, oh look at him, said in, in part, "We refer uh, to people as gay or LBGs." or so on and so forth. And we want to carve them out and say they got special privileges. Our constitution covers everybody to begin with. We don't want to have special privileges for special people. We are the same breed. We're all the same people. If you kill someone, you should be charged for murder and you should be tried on it. And there's no way in heck that you're going to be able to say, well, because he or she was some deviant sexuality that I am not interrupted. He was immediately interrupted by Daryl uh, Abbas, the Republican committee chairman who said, uh, Representative Marston, no member is able to speak on someone's deviant sexuality like that. Marston, the old man, retorted, what is LGBT? And Abbas immediately adjourned the meeting and they did not vote on the bill. Whew. You know, he's one of those that unironically thinks that LGBT is a sandwich. Um, but this is a representative still saying sexually deviant to describe us as people. This is not the 90s, this is not the 70s, the 50s. This was this week debating the gay and trans panic defense. I did greatly appreciate though that it was another Republican who jumped up and said, we do not yeah, talk to people about that. I loved that. I loved it. Uh, uh, I just wanted to, uh, well, he's, uh, the good news is he's 80. So bigotry will go away in a few years. Yes. Like, I know, but I gotta be honest, the bigots can't die fast enough. We need to push them out to the pastures. I know, you look at, there's so many people in the Senate. I mean, it's like, you know, Chuck Grassley survived COVID at 87. And, wow. uh, and you know, on our side is Diane Feinstein. I think she's 88 or 89 now. And it's, it's just like, come on, when you get to be 80, just go and sit in a rocking chair and watch your fucking Fox News and just stay out of our lives. God damn it. You're like, well, I don't mind how old you are if the work you're doing is good, but it's when the work starts to suffer or you're no longer representing uh, the forward thinking will of the people, even people on our side. Uh, it's time to train up new leaders. So I don't care how old you are if the work's good. I thought this was cute. Brent said, my religion, Brentology, doesn't allow me to pay taxes, so I guess I'm good to go. Brent, I would like to attend your church. What do you need? A blood sample? Sign on a dotted line. Do we have to dance naked in a forest to convert? I'm there. I'm there too. Anthology. I'm going to join. Uh, so I, that's, that is, you know, we've said it. I will say it. So whatever. But the idea that religion is a shield for your bigotry is just and forever will always be bullshit. I don't care why you believe it. I don't care whether it's because of your personal Jesus, your personal God, or thousands of entities dumped in a volcano that now landed in people. Well, it's, 
there's so much bullshit being spewed right now. And I, you know, it's like that Marsha Blackburn just spewing bullshit about the new Neanderthal. And I was, well, I was wondering, honey, they're extinct. Uh, she was like, they're good people. They're, you know, they hunt. They, um, well, it, and Joe reminded uh, Neanderthals, Joe is right. Joe Biden calling people Neanderthals, and then suddenly we had the weirdest QAnon Republicans coming out defending Neanderthals. They don't exist. Their feelings are not hurt. Like there are no more. Don't worry about them. They Do have not, died out. We're not going to can't. We're not canceling the new Neanderthals. We're not canceling. Almost sapien already canceled the Neanderthal like that. Just like, yeah, just like y'all canceled the Dixie Chicks re 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 Republicans. Remember that? Uh -huh, it was a few years before that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dennis makes a good point, though. He said, you're wrong about bigotry dying out. Look at all those who invaded the Capitol, the people convicted for Charlottesville. That is true. You know, we, we people learn. Uh, hatred is learned. Bigotry is learned. And it's still being taught to entirely too many people being raised in a world where that's the way they're taught to see uh, people unlike them. So, yeah, we will continue to be fighting it in entirely Absolutely. too many capacities. Oh, Dennis's Neanderthal DNA still exists in many humans. Yes, but like, you know, the pure ones, I don't think they're running around, right? But that's, I'm not an expert. But nonetheless, I don't think they needed Marsha Blackburn or whoever defending them to Joe Biden's comments. Bless her heart. She just, she's just, uh, I don't know what she's trying to do. I just don't. And I don't think she does half the time. She look bad is what she's trying to, or she's succeeding. I, I, I don't, you know, that, that's the other, I, somebody wrote that the other day on Twitter. They were going, oh, you, they, you know, this person makes that, you know, yes, Ted Cruz makes Texas look bad, but there's so many good Texans too. And I always have to remind myself, you can't go after the whole state. I, I really hate these tweets where he goes, well, they are in Alabama. I well, know so many progressive people in Alabama. Yes, and also like people suffering for the idiocy of their leaders is should not be a liberal or progressive attitude. There were there were a number of like big sort of liberal oriented people who made comments to the effect of if Texas didn't want to wear masks, we shouldn't give them the vaccines. And fuck you for that. There are people who need help there. There are people who are fighting there. There are more liberals in Texas than several other liberal states combined because yeah. of the size yeah. of the population. And we've talked about not wanting our community, various groups of people painted with a broad brush. Don't do it to the South because it's an easy, lazy joke. You know, I, I've been guilty of it in, my, in, in, in the past myself at times. Those of us that are from there own those jokes a little bit harder, but there's, an, there's a disgusting elitism that comes from uh, dismissing the pain of the regular people who suffer from those kind of policies. Right. Well, I always it's a wonderful thing when we were able to perform live, Emerson. I, I mean, we've said this before, but we some of our biggest shows are in states that you would think are those states that you oh that that's a that state's just full of bigots. Uh, I, I always say, well, I'm alternative programming, but uh, yeah, I, I do really well in uh, you know Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Florida. Um, well, and it, it's such a reminder. I mean, look at what just happened in Georgia, the enormous effort that Fair Fight and Stacey Abrams and so many grassroots organizations, we want to encourage that. And when you talk from outside of places, writing off parts of the country, you know, those people need more support, not less. Amen. Uh, in the being done. All right, anyway, in other news, uh, y'all remember Richie Torres, we were so excited. He was elected as the first Afro-Latino uh, 
member of the House of Representatives. This week, he is focused on introducing the LGBTQ Business Equal Credit Enforcement and Investment Act. That will explicitly include LGBTQ owned businesses in federal regulations for financial institutions with data and other information they compile. To clarify, because I don't own a business, I'm, I'm, I'm a charity at this point. To clarify, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act requires financial institutions to maintain information on credit applications submitted by minority and women-owned small businesses. This is how government entities enforce fair lending rules and track business and community development. So this would add tracking LGBTQ-owned businesses to that. He said, the logic is simple. Transparency will strengthen the incentive for the financial community to extend capital to LGBTQ businesses. So that's the point. If they track uh, what's happening with applications from our community for businesses for credit, the more they are able, the more ammunition they have to ensure that we are being treated equitably by those institutions. Yay, Richie. Like that's that business where that's why we want representatives. I don't want to have to understand all the nuance of that. That's why we elect people to take care of ensuring that. All right, so let's go to Arizona. Emerson, I'm gonna have a question in the middle of this story because I, I we got we got all those technical problems. I was gonna ask you a question like you asked me to do. Uh -huh. uh, well, I'll just ask when I get there. The Arizona House has passed a mask freedom bill to allow businesses to ignore local or state mask mandates. In that discussion, Arizona State Rep uh, Joseph Chaplick said, it's about the individual rights of these business owners as American. He also said, now is it Dr. Fauci that he's talking about here? Because it's this- No, it's Dr. Freeze. So, so Dr. Freeze said, mask save lives and stop the virus, the polio, the smallpox, the measles, the, measles, the typhoid, uh, the H, now listen to this, the HIV that was gonna wipe out our global destruction of human bodies with AIDS. We heard about that in the 80s, yet no masks were required. Okay, y'all just let that sink in for a second. Just let that, there was a mask, there was a mask, it was called a condom. Uh, of course, we uh, all know coronavirus is spread through respiratory droplets in the air. HIV is not, y'all. And uh, Chaplick uh, went on to point to places like Mississippi, uh, to attempt to disprove the claims that masks help prevent COVID-19 spread. <sighs> yeah. I mean, this is like slamming your head against the wall, frustrating, but also it's such a reminder, you know, within our community, the education we've done to talk about HIV, to talk about testing, to understand that undetectable means untransmissible, to be educated about PrEP and all of the different ways people are living with HIV now as a chronic condition. Here is a man who stood on the floor of a state house and understood so little about HIV and HIV transmission uh, that he compared that to COVID-19. It's laughable to those of us that are educated, but it's representative of why there is still so much stigma for people living with HIV, that someone elected to represent people does not understand the basic fundamentals of the disease. It's like when my grandfather said, well, he's just ignorant. Yeah, but it's also, you know, that's what the, that's then dangerous for people living with HIV, that that sort of attitude uh, still exists and why activists and advocates 
still continue to push so hard about education and testing. It's like, you should learn that as a fundamental in school and health class and health, basic healthcare, an understanding of STDs. Um, and he's like, so we don't have to wear masks. All right. I keep seeing that. That's the new fight. Well, I have to tell you, I had, um, I, you know, I have a lot of Texas uh, friends, as you do, and relatives, and even, uh, even those who are uh, on the other side of the aisle, the ones that I know, uh, were the ones that I talked to were all appalled by Greg Abbott, appalled. Yeah. Um, so, and what's frustrating is, you know. Allowing people to make personal decisions is great, but that's not all that's being said, right? Allowing business owners to open and, you know, you should support the scientists and the healthcare professionals. That should be the point of your government, not ignoring the advice and guidelines. Certainly it's frustrating, but again, I, I go back to the number of people so worried about their personal liberty, liberty over a six inch by four inch piece of fabric. I feel like, you know, for black people, people of color, for women, for LGBTQ people, people whose rights have genuinely been, been trampled. There's a pull your hair out aspect to people worried about the slippery slope of a mask mandate. Like it's a mild inconvenience at best. Well, hopefully those people in those states, most people in those states, the same people in those states will continue to wear masks and be courteous and, um, and loving and practice some humanity. Yep. Absolutely. As we get through this, we're muddling through it, y'all. We're getting there. It's a, the numbers are going down, and thank, thank, thank these vaccines. Or get them if you can. Yep. All right. In light fun news, the first all civilian mission to space, the Inspiration Four, will have a crew of four members. They are selecting this crew based on characteristic or ideals. They already have hope. They have a flight leader, but they haven't chosen the two representing generosity and prosperity. Well, John Carmichael wants to be the first out gay man in space. That's his little picture up there. I want to put up this banner where you can see um, his website is down below. And he got a big vote of confidence from out actor George Takei, who of course played Sulu on Star Trek. He made this great intro video showing his adventures, telling of his mother fighting cancer. He's an astrophotographer. This photo he took below, he got on a plane and chased the solar eclipse to get this amazing photo. If you donate $50 or more to St. Jude's uh, through his campaign, he will send you the 24 by 36 print of this for free. He tweeted, I believe representation is important. When I look back, when I was a child teenager who was terrified to come out, felt that I was less than and would never amount to anything, had I seen an openly gay person being selected to go to space, it would have changed everything for me. He was obsessed. I, I had an astronaut phase when I was a kid making little rockets at home, but he never grew out of his. And I just love that. Like the first gay in space. So his website's below. You can see more information about him. But I thought, yes, get to space. No desire here. Oh, do you remember? Do y'all remember years ago? Lance Bass was supposed to go to space. Does anybody else remember this? I they were talking about sending a few people. I don't oh know. I don't remember all the details now. 
Uh, but Lance was going to go to space. It was like this big thing, and then it didn't end up happening. And it was right after the height of NSYNC. So I wonder, maybe Lance could support the John Carmichael on this adventure, um, or maybe he'll be next. I, I like learning back in the closet that yeah. Lance Bass was a space gay. Yeah, so I don't I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah, was, yes, see, this is what I thought. Lance was training to go to space. Yeah. He did not make it yet. No, we'll have to ask him about that. So somebody check in. So Rob said, I don't think Lance has given up on that dream. I wouldn't either. You know, keep well, your delusions alive. Yeah, here's my problem, Emerson. Oh, do tell. I was in Kansas City with Leslie Jordan doing my first play, and we're sit we're sitting watching that Challenger together, and and I said, I have no desire to go to space ever. I mean, yes. Although I get in my car all the time, and I'm far, you're far more likely to be killed in your car than on that one trip to space. I'll take my chances. I don't <laughs> I'll take my chances. Can I send a group to space, please? That's what they should do. They we should vote people off the planet. That's like I was. I was. We were talking about Emerson and I were talking about on this project we're writing together, and I said, "Oh, you know, one of these characters, we 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 want them to uh, say, you know, I I wish we could just yelp people. I yeah. wish we, could, you know, just give you a one star." You're, you just pop Dell Shores and you go, oh, he's only he's only got three and a half stars. He was rude over at Starbucks the other day. Yeah, um, good. but just fill it up with the terribles. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, y'all are going to space. You don't get to come back. Danielle found the details. That's right. Lance Bass was going to pay a crazy amount of money to go with SpaceX years ago. That's what it was. Well, well, well I, I can't afford to go to space, but if you enjoy what we do here at the Dell and Emerson <laughs> show... You like that transition? You would have to, you'd have to you'd have to get a scholarship to space. Yeah, it would take a good bit. Uh, if you enjoy what we do and you want to send us a tip, you can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It is in the ticker below. It is not required or expected, but it is greatly appreciated. Thank you to Erica, who's already contributed Thank today. Thank you, Erica. So sweet to us. I love Erica. Erica's so supportive, too. You do anybody, any great artist that's performing, there's Erica. Thank you, Erica. I know. I did that Scripts Gone Wild with our good friend Billy Ray Bruton the other night. We did a reading of Johnny Guitar. It's a Western from the 50s starring Joan Crawford. No, I did not play Joan Crawford. I played Johnny Guitar. I just wanted to pre-answer that question. The title character. The title character, but not the lead. Joan Crawford. It's sort of this secret lesbian tension movie. More about these this woman that leads the posse and Joan Crawford. Is interesting. And what was, John, was Johnny Jones' uh, love interest? Uh-huh. He was a gunslinger who tried to give it up. Now he's playing guitar, but he can't stay away from the guns. It gets Did you a little bit of Billy Joe? Oh, it was all, it was just Billy Joe. It was just, just like said, fuck it. I'm not going to work on this. I'm just going to grab a past character and I go. Put, I put on a Western background on the Zoom, uh, and, but it was for a great cause. It was for Women Make Movies um, donations. I made my little donation and it was a great fun time. It's still on YouTube. If you go to Scripts Gone Wild's YouTube, I think you could watch it at your convenience. Yes. All right. Well, um, 
you know, one of the things that I love about being a dad is telling stories about my children when they were little. And so every time you give me a story about a kid, I just love it. And this is about a fourth grader in more South Carolina. That's where Lindsey Graham represents in the Senate. This kid wrote an essay about trans equality for a school publication to be sent home to the parents. In the 100-word essay, the student wrote, I don't know if you know this, but people's view on transgenders is an issue. People think that men should not dress like a woman and saying mean things. People need to think before they speak because one word can hurt someone's feelings. Um, school principal Elizabeth Foster rejected the essay of this fourth grader. According to the student's parents, she used arguments like that the original paper would make other parents upset and it would create an undesirable situation at the school. You know, y'all, mayhem would have just broken out. Um, and um, it was just not acceptable. And that is what, and it was not age appropriate to discuss uh, transgenders, lesbians, and drag queens outside of the home. So the parents sued the school. <laughs> it slapped them with a lawsuit. But a, but a U.S. circuit court, we are in South Carolina, rejected their First Amendment claim, citing a 1988 course case that said schools could censor students if the censorship is reasonable, reasonably related uh, to legitimate uh, pedagogical, uh, pe pedag I, I, I did my research, pedagogical concerns. Uh, the judge did express concern at uh, shielding fourth graders from topics like sexuality and gender, but said it was the school's decision on appropriateness and the school's grand, uh, the kid, this is this fourth, fourth grader's uh, grandfather is gay and uh, is an LGBTQ activist. And so taught his child who taught his child. And you know, the kid didn't quite get it politically right, but he's, he's, he's there for us. He's there for our community. Yeah, well, and I just thought, you know, in fourth grade, Lord, like the level of activism, you learn what, you, what you're taught, right? You know, this is a family, clearly a family discussion. And here's this fourth grader out there advocating on behalf of other people because they're being taught to do that. Yeah. I good just thought that was so lovely and good parenting. And they were like, uh-uh, this is not acceptable. We're going to fix this. So a parent like you. Made, slapped a little. I don't know that I have the energy to slap a lawsuit. That's always a lot. Right. But, um, but I, I would have gone down there. Oh, I would have raised some shit. I did, I did that a few times. Yes. Like, this is important. I have things to say. I see you there in the office. I think my kids, I, did y'all remember Ferris Bueller where the dad comes to school and they're just like, <laughs> you know, it's just, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Jennifer yeah. Gray was so embarrassed. Yes. Uh, that's the way it was. I was that dad. My kids are, oh God. <laughs> Don't, please don't go. I know, but I always think you're doing something right if your kids are embarrassed by you occasionally. You know, yeah. the mortification of adolescence should is something we learn to process through. Yes. All right. Up next, Madison Cawthorn. Well, he's had a rough week. Uh, 30 former friends, uh, family, not family, friends, colleagues, 
students that he went to school with came out to talk about his treatment uh, of women, sexual harassment, misconduct, other inappropriate behavior. Then the Washington Post did a story claiming he's lied about the details of the car crash that left him partially paralyzed. On top of that, he now has a new challenger for Congress in 2022. Meet Jasmine Beach Ferrara. She just released a campaign video and in it, she does not hold back. She says, some people will say, a gay woman who's a Christian minister just can't get elected in the South. Not to mention she's a Democrat, but I say an insurrectionist who flirts with Nazis and fires upon a violent crowd to attack our democracy while he shouldn't get reelected anywhere. Now, Jasmine does have an uphill battle. He did win 54 to 42 and Trump won that district by 11 points, which he's currently a county commissioner, she did advocacy work for marriage equality and other social issues. And she is getting out early so that everyone knows her. And so I'm gonna pop up her website. I mean, on the list of like stupid people that made it to Congress, he is way up there. So go to jasmineforcongress.com. You can learn more about her. If you've got some funds you wanna send over to support, uh, she'll be able to launch her campaign aggressively the more funding that she has and i love that she's out she's a minister she's got three kids she works in government that is a lot of boxes checked if somebody committed uh to the community there it'd sure be great to see him only last two years and then sent home with his tail between his legs absolutely and you know one of the things that emerson and i like to do in uh, on this show and in our work is we like to celebrate when there is progress being made uh within churches within christian organizations and uh bethany christian services is the largest evangelical protestant provider of adoption and foster care services in the country they just announced to their staff of 1,500 around the country that they will serve same-sex couples and other LGBTQ plus parents effective immediately. They said, we will now offer services with the love and compassion of Jesus to the many types of families who exist in our world today. We're, we're taking an all hands on deck approach where all are welcome. It was approved unanimously by their board. This is a change from their 2007. Uh, Y'all do the math, not that long ago, adoption of a position statement asserting heterosexual marriage as God's design. They've recently let offices decide for themselves, particularly to maintain contracts uh, with cities or states with anti-discrimination statutes. They aren't affiliated with any particular denomination and they are also they also provide refugee resettlement with offices in a number of counties. The Southern Baptist Convention now released a statement saying this will harm, I'm going to have to do it because they're Southern. This will harm already existing efforts to enable faith-based orphan care ministries to serve the vulnerable without uh, capitulating on core Christian convictions. There we go. I mean, it's interesting because this really is impressive because they are a huge organization. So this is a sort of titanic shift um, in religious affiliated, though not directly partnered with denominations, uh, signaling a real move forward. You know, that the point is making sure children land in good homes, that they're, they don't want to have to fight local ordinances banning discrimination. They don't want to jeopardize funding in different places. And they've decided 
it's not it's either not worth the battle even if some of them uh don't necessarily support it completely but it's a big sign that the entire board board voted for it so i think the southern baptist convention gnashing their teeth isn't going to change anything and that's really exciting to see particularly for lgbtq people of faith and children who just need good homes yes absolutely absolutely um and uh so progress progress and we celebrate that uh every time it happens everywhere it happens all right i just want to inform y'all about something there is a new group uh fighting the equality act you may start hearing about it with the focus on fear mongering around children a group of anti-lgbt organizations have created something that sounds lovely, right? It is the Promise to America's Children Coalition. I wanna show you this graphic that they've made. Wait, is this the, I don't know which one that is. Oh, that's not it. Um, but that sounds all good, right? We are making a promise to America's children, but it is explicitly aimed at stopping the Equality Act. It hooks people in by asking them to join a promise movement and pledge to protect our children, both personally and in the public square. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Here, this is what the promise. As my child's parent, it is my great honor and responsibility to intimately know and lovingly protect my child, mind, body, and soul. While every child is a unique gift made in the image of God, my great calling is to shepherd and nurture my child through our culture's challenges and opportunities to adulthood recognizing the political and cultural forces that may attempt to harm my child or my role in my child's life with my voice, my vote, and all my love, I make this promise to my child. I promise to nurture and protect your mind as you grow, doing everything in my power to keep you from harm, to instill values, and to give you the best opportunities for success. I promise to honor and protect your body as you grow, affirming your dignity and worth in the body you have been fearfully and wonderfully given. I promise to invest in, nurture, and protect our relationship because you are unconditionally loved by and of infinite worth to me. Sounds great, right? Who doesn't want that for their children until you read between the lines and realize what they're talking about? They provide model legislation to be used to support this. Trey Strangio of the ACLU said, these bills are intended to look constituent-led, homegrown. That's me saying but we know it's driven from these centralized groups. It's Alliance Defending Freedom, Family Research Council, Supportive Focus on the Family, and more. They claim the Equality Act would pave the way for sexualized curriculum across the nation in the form of government-sponsored initiatives. Dartmouth history professor Bethany Morton told NBC News that it's very like Anita Bryant's Save Our Children rhetoric used against gay people. So it's the same rhetoric being used now against trans people. Sounds good, the marketing is good, but it's really targeting trans people, not just protecting children in general from nefarious forces in the world. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> when I was reading this story this morning, before I got to that, the, the part that talked about Anita Bryant, I thought, God, this sounds just like Anita Bryant back in the day. Yeah. Someone yeah. ought to throw a pie in these people's face. Yeah. Um, so, all right, you, you know, we've, we've warned and overwarned, I've said, we, we, we have told everybody and, 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 and had several stories about uh, the dangers of, our, of the apps and, and to be really, really careful. 
Uh, Emerson's given some advice on that, but it's uh, more tragic stories of murders from hookup apps uh, showed up this week. First, there was an Indianapolis man. Uh, he's being charged with armed robbery uh, of two men. He met through a dating app and the murder of one of them four days later after robbing the first. Now, charges were brought uh, with the help of the Fair Michigan Justice, Justice Project, which helps police and prosecutors solve crimes against LGBTQ plus people. Then second uh, one was in Houston. A man was found dead in his apartment. His truck and iPad and his iPhone had been stolen. The alleged perpetuator was caught driving the stolen truck. And then uh, he said that he had, or, or the, the, however they did the research on it, he talked with the victim on Grinder and went to his apartment to rob him. Then he allegedly knocked him out, strangled him with a scarf, before dousing the victim in bleach uh, to cover up the evidence. He then told the police he joined Grinder after hearing it was a good place to find people to rob. Um, a Houston DA said he learned from other individuals, people we don't know that it's pretty easy to get into people's homes on this app and rob them. So again, use extreme caution, you know, yes. Yeah. As LaVonda says, we have needs. We do have needs. But, you know, Emerson, I love the way that you always, you you talk about those days for you where you gave your number or, or you know. The address of where I was going to a friend. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, these stories happen too often and I don't always include them when there's not anything we can do about it. But I got to thinking about as we near the end of this part of the pandemic, as people reach vaccination level, you know, particularly single individuals who have been home alone for a year, there will be a very understandable desire for human connection, for physical connection, for sexual engagement, whether serious or not. And it's such a reminder to be mindful and safe about the way you do that when you're chatting with somebody you've never met before. And I got the fact that he said they heard about it from someone else, right? So this is something that's gotten outside of our community uh, to other places, knowing this is a great way to rob people. That's outside of our own familiarity as the apps become well-known everywhere. So just be really mindful, be really careful uh, when it's safe and you can and you're vaccinated and your community's good and you can do that. Just be smart and careful about the way uh, you engage with people you don't know. And it's may not be the one, but you don't, we don't want to be the one. Well, here's, yeah. And, and, and the, the other thing that I think is very important is because, you know, I was a big old slut in the day, um, back, back, back when, uh, trust your gut. If, if something feels off, it, it, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth having someone come over. It's not worth going to their house. If you just feel like, you know what I mean? You, you, you get that feeling and, uh, just trust that, that gut of yours. Yeah. Well, it's also like John said, I'll stick to porn. I mean, certainly like we all, there's risks in all encounters and engagements, you know, where, however, uh, but just being mindful of that. It's why I was always an out calls only. Like I'll show up and if it seems weird at the door, I can turn around and leave. Um, but just be smart. Rob said, Grinder has more catfish than real men. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Matt said, you should always make the final arrangements for a Grinder date via text message. At least you'll have a phone number. Yeah, it's so interesting how, wow, what, what rules we all bring. 
I used to refuse to give someone my phone number till I had met them in person for coffee first. Mm. Like, because on the app I can block you and then you're gone. But if I've given you my number and you turn out to be uh, someone I don't want to continue engaging with, it's harder because now you can block people's numbers. But back then you couldn't just get rid of it. Uh, but I did have a like always have a friend who knows where I'm going. Just in case yeah. you don't hear from me at 3 a.m. or in 20 minutes when this when this goes wrong, um, follow up. Just be careful. Just be safe. Like some old woman. Y'all be careful out there. Be careful, Suge. Y'all be, you know, you can't do just a lot of crazy in the world, so I'm sure somebody said. Just go to Chatterbait. You know, or <laughs> this, next video thing. She's going to. Yeah. Well, I feel like after a year of that, like, you know, ready. I've said it before. I'm on reruns. Be like, I feel like right now you could just start a like a hold hands app and people. Yes. I just want someone to hold my hand. I just want a hug. Yeah, I. I do. I do. Um, look right. to hug. Uh, I just thought I just thought this was a fun victory story. You know, the news can be overwhelming at times. So I want you to meet this gay mountaineer. Uh, Carson Crane, 28 years old, is the first out person to climb the seven summits. That's the highest mountain on each continent. He tells the story of a decade ago at age 18 when he climbed Denali, considered by most to be the most rigorous of the seven. He talked of dragging a sled across a glacier with an 80-pound backpack. I mean, it makes me tired just thinking about it. 80-pound backpack. I couldn't carry that to the mailbox right now. But he met a group of wounded warriors, military vets injured in service, and he was very excited. But he says, never meet your heroes. I was really, really crushed when they responded to my energy and enthusiasm and outspoken pride with very nasty language, using words I don't care to repeat. It was very disappointing for me, more than anything, because these are people who were heroes of mine. He carried a pride flag with him and says encountering hate is not common, and he didn't think that was all wounded warriors. It was just this one experience. But he was helped by another LGBTQ person, climber Sylvia Vasquez Lovato, the first out gay woman to scale the seven summits. Her story will be featured in an upcoming memoir and a film starring Selena Gomez. I mean, that's a good get to play yourself in a movie. That is a good get. But they were both climbing Denali. And at one point, Sylvia pulled uh, Carson aside and came out to him, telling him that his outspokenness gave her greater confidence to be open with her own identity. I just love that. What they both did is crazy impressive. And his willingness to be out and carrying the flag inspired her to share with him. They have that connection. And I'm sure that will be a part of her story and her memoir and the Selena Gomez movie that they're going to make about it. And I just thought that is so impressive. I could just hear Audrey McDonald from The Sound of Music Live singing, climb every mountain. I mean, a lot better than that. But that's who I hear. When Blake goes on hikes, that's who I hear is Audra McDonald. Uh-huh. Audra McDonald singing Climb Every Mountain. And she never said what is it you can face. Like she did not. They changed that line in the li in that they live did. show. They did. To get around that particularly famous quote that Caroline Ray talks about so often. Yes, in her act. I love her. I love her set on what is it you can't face? Yep. 
But I, that is the way I want to hear about the seven summits. I want to watch it as a movie in a theater sitting with a bucket of popcorn. So um, I guess we have one other story, right? I don't know. You didn't yes. put a name on it. Or are we just going to do it? It's together? yours. It is. They alternate. If there's not a name on it, oh, it has to be exact same. Don't, don't, don't make me drive over, have you come out and me pretend to hand you a piece of mail that I don't have and slap your face. Don't make me, Emerson, Trash. with my Trash. double mask and my shield on it, because I will. All yeah. right. Uh, I always like a good story about masturbation. Uh, so, uh, and we, you know, we do, we, we do a lot of stories about dick, penises, and, you know, the cock. But today, we are going to focus on vaginas. Uh, there is a global clinical study that says it's scientifically possible to keep your period cramps away with masturbation. Y'all, women, women, those with a vagina weigh in right now. It was called the uh, menstruation study by women of womanizer and uh, uh, by womanizer and Lunette. Lunette. Well, yes. L L Lynette, is it Lunette? It sounds like a character in one of my plays. My ain't Lunette. Uh-huh. Like uh, it was going to be Lynette and someone stuttered. Wait, but also, I love anybody that invents a word to be cutesy like that. Menstruation. menstruation. I mean, applause for that portmanteau. So researchers surveyed 500 people uh, who menstruate and asked uh, not to take painkillers for a month and insisted Instead, use sex toys, and they provided them. That so, was so friendly. I, I mean, I sign up for the study, get a free sex toy. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they were not used. Uh, Seventy percent said regular masturbation had an impact on the intensity of their period pains. Regular masturbation was also shown to help alleviate other period symptoms like backache, sore breast, diarrhea. Uh, bloating and the need for sleep. So if you have any of those things, uh, just know that if you masturbate more often, uh, they're going to go away. 70% uh, success rate. It comes down to hormones released after orgasm. So you have to get to the orgasm, ladies. That, I feel like that's an important key. If you have a vagina, you have to get to the orgasm. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't just get partway there. And you know, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know how to get there. You know how to get there. We trust you. Endorphins, uh, ox, oxy, uh, how do you say that? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. Oxytocin uh, is, is, I could never play a doctor, which reduces cortisone and uh, dopamine. 90% uh, said they recommend masturbation to combat period pains to a friend. And 85% said they plan to keep masturbating through their period pain in the future. So y'all medical, medical, it's just breakthroughs. Breakthroughs have happened. It may not work for everybody, but if you are a person with a vagina, would you consider trying this? I feel like it was a big ask though. You know, in, in my life, uh, I have a friend whose period is, is really intense and has been since college. I think that asking them to not take their painkillers and trust this for a month, you might need to give more than a sex toy, like a financial incentive. Um, now we have some votes. Uh, Let's see. Well, it looks like uh, here. I don't find it true for me at all. So okay. that's a vote against. But there is somebody that does. I see. Seems to make it worse. Well, I'm gonna go right through them in order. Even the 
there's a character on Grey's Anatomy who talks about masturbation for labor pains. Now, we don't have a study about that. Yeah, Erica, I don't know. I don't know. Leanne said, it's true, it works. I discovered this in college. Good for you. Do you still do it, Leanne? Do you, do you, do you still have the cramps? You know, uh, any any excuse. Or the backaches, or you just, or you feel like you've cured yourself maybe, and you don't know. Tell you what, the next time I get diarrhea, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I'm already on the toilet. So. You know, here's the deal, Emerson. When you have diarrhea, you don't really feel like masturbating. That's well, the way. <laughs> I feel like that's actually the point of the study, right? Is when you feel bad, which is a time when you wouldn't necessarily be inclined to masturbate, they're encouraging you that that's actually a time when you should because the hormones that are released at the end of the orgasm can counter the feelings you're having. Like, I feel like that's the sort of serious part is like, of course, whatever your normal life masturbation schedule is already happens. This is pushing you to do it uh, when you are feeling bad. Well, <laughs> anybody with a vagina who tries that out for, the, for, for a week or the next month, if you feel like sharing on another episode, please do. I love, Leanne said that ship has sailed and dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we don't ever want to assume about the, the life journey of anyone, but I did. I feel like, you know, I find lots of amusing uh, dick related stories and I wanted to have a vagina celebration uh, for those watching the show who have vaginas, everyone included. Well, I have to tell you, I feel like masturbation is a very good, uh, it, it just puts you to sleep. I just feel like that it's a good, it's a good end of the day. A little it's, a, it's it's a period on the end of the sentence of the day. It is. <laughs> I always worry about my dogs. I just thought, I just like, y'all don't look. <laughs> Wait, okay, you brought it up. I don't usually, do you lock them outside or do you, they just run around? I mean, the they, they don't pay, they don't, they don't even pay attention. They don't act like, they're like, oh, whatever. Uh, but they I said, oh, he's doing it again. Don't I, look. I think maybe I needed to put up a, you know, you know a screen. You know why they're not bothered? I mean, you watch them poop at least once a day. You just stare That's at them. <laughs> you know, they're just pooping and you're just watching. They're not even staring. They couldn't care less. They just No like, boundaries. <laughs> just none. Uh, <laughs> okay, y'all, we've reached uh, some kind of end of the show. We don't have to hurry away or anything, but if you enjoy what we do here and you want to send us a tip, uh, you can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at Gmail. Dot com. Now, the short version of, do you have fun weekend plans? Uh, yes, I, I, I always have fun on the weekends because I teach uh, amazing actors uh, with the Del Shores Workshop and I uh, on, on Sundays and Saturdays, uh, or Saturdays and Sundays, as you know. So that, that's always fun for me. And I get to, and, oh, our friend Brandy Clark has a concert tomorrow night. She's doing her entire album. Uh, your that she we, we, she plugged on our show and Rebecca and I are are watching uh, together. That's fun. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited tonight for Snatch Game on Drag Race and the Wandavision finale that I've been avoiding spoilers from all day. Thank you to Lauren and Matt for your tip contributions. They are appreciated. Thank you. Uh, Victor said, "Great show. You guys really picked me up today. Oh, that is how we do it." We want to share stories you might have missed during the week, but we also want you to have a good time, uh, a balance. You know, life is hard, y'all. We're all getting through it together. We are. We have been on this journey for, it's been, did we start a, a, almost a year ago, Emerson? Yeah, at the end of this month. With our first show was March 31st. 
I think we, when we celebrate a year, we need to, to do something fun. We need to do something on the show. Uh, we need to think about that. Okay, you, think, that? you think on that. All oh, I heard was you made extra work. So you think on that. Judy, everybody, we appreciate y'all. Have a delightful weekend. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on the Tuesday. Bye-bye.